Hello, you've reached the Running From Diabetes hotline. To enter a race, plus one. To enter your blood sugars, press two. To gripe about being a diabetic, press three. To listen to the podcast, press four. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms, and this is my audio journal of my life dealing with diabetes as I train for endurance sports. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. Kevin Kilograms, and it's Monday, the January 23rd. Honey and I are out on an extremely wet, rain-filled, four-mile run. Um, we were supposed to do this yesterday, but football took precedence. I didn't get up early enough. Then when I did, I had things to get ready for. So, here we are. Of course, it didn't rain yesterday. Well, it did in San Francisco, and that's just... The storm, I think, that hit San Francisco. So, so we are, uh, let's not turn around, honey. Come on. We are, excuse me, we're doing uh, one and one still as we run a little four mile trek. We're down the Santa Ana River Trail, which is a, uh, it's a flood canal that runs from the Inland Empire at Prado Dam all the way down to the ocean, primarily to, for a place for storm drains to siphon into, as well as if Prado were to let, let loose, you know, the water would have a place to go with minimum damage. It sounds, it may sound a little weird today, trying something new out. That's a run. Because of the rain and the, well, as it rains, we're going to stop. But during the little dry spells or the moist, not the hard rain, um, I've pulled my jawbone Bluetooth out. It has to sound assassin or noise assassin technology and it's I'm doing it because there's a heck of a lot of wind we're definitely in the midst of a storm here come more rain clouds the funny thing is so it's gonna I've heard listen to it myself and I've heard other people say I sound a little tinny but it's a walk. It's substantially better than the loud popping and heavy background noise. What's going on around us? Honey, heal. So if there's some pauses, I don't have a problem with this headset. Uh, 
water. You know, it isn't running in the rain that's driving me nuts. It's these frickin' puddles. Running in the rain is one of the uh, things that runners keep secret. Torrential downpour, icy, sleety, nah. Although you can bundle up for it, but just a rain with dressed appropriately. That'll give you an idea. We are in the low 50s, high 40s, somewhere around there right now. I'm wearing running shorts, regular running socks, although I am wearing my dry mask. So as these puddles soak my feet, they'll be uh, drier sooner or faster, hopefully. And then I'm wearing a long sleeve technical running shirt. So as funny as that sounds, right now that's the appropriate wear for me. I have um, several different running shirts. That's a walk. From a couple of tanks to uh, most of them are just short sleeves, technical running shirts. I have a, a few that the fiber is thinner woven or thicker woven, excuse me, to uh, ward off some of the wind. Some. I mean, some. Oh, those birds are loud. Come on. Too long sleeve. I haven't run a marathon in a while, but for a while, that was the real popular shirt to give out. Come on. Or long sleeve technical shirts. So I have them from a number of races. And they're the same as the short sleeve, just with a longer sleeve. And. The uh, during a, a little bit cooler morning or evening. That's a wonderful thing to wear. And the rain doesn't help much. Water penetrates honey. Water penetrates the uh, the uh, the sleeves anyway make sure my arm's getting cold. But right now, that's the only thing that's cold on me. Of course, then I'm wearing a, a running hat. Days like this, typically I'd wear a, a military boonie hat. Kind of the round, full brim hats. I love those. Now, the hottest days... They're kind of, we're going to slow it down a little bit. They're kind of rough to uh, wear because they hold a lot of heat in. Not a lot, but more than a vented hat. But the, uh, whew, days like this keeps the rain from 
dropping down over the eyes and ears, down the back of the neck, depending on which which direction you're going. But I couldn't locate it this morning. So I just had, you know, you have to go do it. So off we are. I probably would have stepped up a little bit in my running shirt. I have some technical ones that are, again, a little bit thicker woven. That uh, they breathe. They um, they allow for uh, moisture wicking, but they'll prevent a little bit better job of the wind. But we're on our way back. And it was a short enough run that I'm not going to worry about it too much. It just is what it is, right? Hmm. <laughs> so I had a few plans for the show today. And work was pretty strenuous. And I would literally get home and and crash. Didn't get a chance to work any of the ideas all those cool, so at least I'll have some future future show plans. The um, reason for the work so hard is twofold. For whatever reason my butchers have decided that they're real pissed at me. And so all week, I have just been battling them. Would be the uh, go through all week and then today because of the rain. And I don't think... uh, I don't think the Arctic has a plan finished for our next job any day. What will be today would be my butchers who come under control. No apparent reason, just say it was the day it started, decided to get better. The other one is we've been working on a a roof that, well, you all know that roofs have pitch, right? They angle downwards to allow the flow of debris, water, snow, everything to run off without building a, a load. They also create a pitch for strength. The higher the pitch, the more strength and the more the runoff, which is perfect for heavy weather climates, you know, snow country, rain country like Seattle and stuff. But the downside is they create a, uh, well, they create a, a rise that is a windbreak and for windy areas, that's not such a good thing. Luckily, 
Most places don't have both at the same time. Of course, engineers are able to engineer that into effect based on the local weather. The other downside is for us contractors, or primarily carpenters, but for construction guys, walking a steeper pitch roof is like a hundred times. For every degree it goes up, it multiplies the danger factor by maybe 50-fold. My brother and I and our workers, you know, we have these harnesses, but and the workers wear them, but my brother and I, nine times out of ten, in a low pitch roof, no problem. Unless maybe there's a little water or gravel or something like that up there. But mostly not. Nah. You can walk around. But, so I should say, I don't ever wear my harness. I've run into this roof that the pitches so substantial and we were on the higher than normal second story and I was having conniptions usually not fear don't have the fear of heights I do have the fear of falling and so oh, that's a walk we were broke out our harnesses and strapped up with good cause had a few incidents of almost. Now the harness, all that does is you attach a lifeline to the top of the roof and if you slide off, it arrests your fall. Sort of a bungee thing. So then you're just left there hanging and and you have to have a rescue plan, which is just in this case ladders. Um but walking up and down these pitches at all different angles, you know, sideways, walking sideways on them, means your hips are going to go, puts undue stress on the side of your knees. Walking up to the top and back down, that's some serious muscle strength over and over again. I think I counted either up a ladder or one full story of the roof, I counted as one. And I spent one day, and I climbed 144 times. Not counting all the work I do, and that's not kind of coming down. So, <laughs> you can see why I was beat up, tired. I was very happy to get the job done and have lend it off to the the real cats of the industry. These guys are like alley cats, man. They just hop around the roof like monkeys. The roofers. But I was really bush tired. Other than that, The update, well, let's see, diet, um, well, let's see, I didn't make any of my lunches, so I had to do trips to the 
Oh, what's that? That's a buzz I don't want to hear. The, uh, the fast food bill. Luckily, I've been doing a, just a, uh, Veggie Works burrito. I think it was Del Taco. And there's sour cream in it, and there's white rice and uh, white tortillas, which offsets one portion of it. But I did really well with staying away from the meat. I even did a full vegetarian type pizza. I did this uh, again. <laughs> a whole grain and flat crust. And then I put feta and parmesan in a light cover and then a lot of spinach and mushroom. But again, the feta as well as the Parmesan, but we're sort of wrong, <laughs> which brags my numbers way down, or my, that my number, oh, that's, a, that's a walk, you are one wet dog, I'm in this dry spell right here between the, between the clouds with a big round spot of sun, in the middle of it. So I'm hoping to get through this first it's raining and I have to pause this and pick it back up in the house. The uh the exercise portion of it, well between work I did the crunches and the sit ups and the push ups, planks, all that stuff. And I did my running. So I'm going to give it a nine. The only reason I'm going to take it off of, off by one is I missed Sunday. Last week moved it over to Monday, which put me a day behind everything, which leads to today. Today would be technically not a running day, but a... Uh, a crunch day and the runnings for yesterday for obviously getting that one in but I'd sure like to get the crunches in as well we'll just have to see how it goes Well, that's about the shortness of this episode. I don't know what that was. So the plan is to, uh, I'm going to add a few things. But uh, one of them is I'm going to start talking about recipes as I encounter them on the vegetarian slash whole foods plant-based lifestyle. Thought that would be kind of cool 
So tonight we're doing a uh, vegetable based on a vegetable broth, but I'm doing a Tom Young and a the Tom Young soup. It's uh, Thai. I should say Tom Young Ka, but I haven't decided if I, I just need to put coconut milk into this. And so I'll talk about the the recipes. I have a not exactly how I'm going to put this thing together. Um, shouldn't say I I don't have the recipe. I have made this in the past, and making it from scratch is the only way, but requires some incredibly difficult to find product and my wife her hairdresser is from Thailand and he knew we've been on the prowl for these so he brought us a small helping of these of these things one of them is these kefir lime leaf the leaf of this lime tree that's called a kefir kefir lime and some of the limes they're in the family, but a big portion of the flavor comes from these leaves. It's probably the more defining of the flavors, like my my red wine sauces. A lot of times I'll use those, I'll use bay leaves, and uh, that seems to be the defining flavor. Another thing is lemongrass. We actually have that growing in our backyard now, but for a while it's difficult to locate. And the third thing is this. It's like ginger root, and I don't even know what it's called. It's of the same family. And in the past, we've always just used our ginger root. But we're trying to... We got the this root that we're supposed to put into it. Now... In a Thai restaurant, very common to put a meat into it because Americans base most of their meals on meat. So you can get it with chicken or shrimp or whatever else, pork, I think. Ours is obviously not going to have a meat base. They do do a bean curd, so I may put tofu into it, but most likely not. I think what I'll do is kick up some more vegetables and make it heavily vegetable-based. But it's these ingredients. And like I said, I don't have the recipe, so I can't tell you a teaspoon of this or a cup of that. I use a, a vegetable broth, either store-bought or you can make some. And I simmer the goodies. I throw mushrooms into it as well. And one more other thing is the nuk mom, which is Vietnamese fist sauce. Different cultures are different 
countries have different names for this fermented fish sauce. Just a little bit of it. Pretty pungent stuff. But a little bit into the recipe is kind of like the uh, the anchovies in a Caesar salad. Flavoring's there. But you couldn't tell that that's what the flavoring is. It just blends the others together. You can also throw a little soy sauce into the game. But a little bit between the nuke bomb and the vegetable broth, it's going to be plenty salty. And then if you like it spicy, you take some Thai chilies, which is the traditional way. More Thai chili, the spicier it is. In a real Thai restaurant, if you order it and don't tell them to back down on the spice, it comes out hot enough to blow your head off. I have eaten this stuff where I was crying the whole time I ate it. Heel, heel. Yes, I see the two dots. The, uh, but you can leave that out. And you must leave it out if you're going to do the tell uh, ka. You know, is the uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, you put coconut milk into it, sweetens it up. I typically put the <laughs> there's a whole bunch of dogs on the side of the fence. Honey, he wants to fight them or play with them. Usually, honey doesn't get along with other dogs very well. So, I don't expose her. I guess if I did, over the time it'd get better, but we've had some disastrous results in the past. And she's tough. My dog doesn't look it. She's this golden retriever lab mix sort of shrunk down compared to a full lab and golden. But she was a rescue dog, and I really have a feeling that she was part of the dog fighting industry when we rescued her, or someone rescued her, and then so that's just a feeling. No evidence whatsoever. Either she was from home or heel. Stop it. Everybody's got their dog back because it's stopped raining for a little bit. And need you to heal. Okay, so that's today's Tom Yong Ka. want to also go into the vegetables. If you are going to put vegetables into it, you don't want to cook the vegetables in the soup especially pungent vegetables like broccoli um, or cabbage. They tend to disflavor the soup or change the flavor. And it isn't this vibrant flavor. You either serve the vegetables on the side. You can serve them lightly steamed or raw. 
or you steam them yourself and put them in just before you serve it. Completely up to you. I like to put in um, uh, like I said mushrooms, but I also do uh, possibly zucchini and green beans. And like I said, I will I will steam them or leave them raw. A lot of times I just leave them raw, and what ends up happening is or steams. I take that back. My kids don't want it in the soup. And so they just eat it on the side. Maybe throw a little salt and pepper on them, and my wife will squeeze lime onto it. Look at that dog pounce. Okay, so I think we're still recording. That was my daughter telling me it's time to come pick her up from high school. The rain is going to make me melt. So... This is the end of my, my run anyway. I'm on the cool-down walk. Honey, honey, I know, I know. Heel. <laughs> Come on. So this is Kevin Kilograms. Honey, don't worry about it. And I'm out. <laughs>